0: Two Headed Game Master. Another episode of Two Headed Game Master. I said it wrong. I'm looking at the card. (laughs) I'm
1: Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane the central access head. Like Axis is in like a map (laughs) axis. Not Axis is an Axis powers of World War Two. Anyways, moving on.
0: Two-Headed Game Master is
1: a podcast about
0: writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and play some games some of the times. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? Today, Today we November. are talking
1: about, I mean, it is it is technically night for us. Um, we are... I know, but which one should we say? This time? It comes out in the morning. Yeah, but like this time. Because, yeah. you know, some people's mornings is their nights. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess, yeah, who knows. If we wanted to
1: be purely neutral, it's like this time. Yeah. This episode. This this episode. episode. This
0: this time, whatever.
1: But anyways, uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're not semantically discussing uh, what time of day it is. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know. We are talking about revolving doors. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're unfamiliar with a revolving door, it is a uh door that rotates on a central axis mm-hmm. uh mini doors uh or mini panes of glass and
0: uh, yes. in uh like movies uh, and sitcoms it's terrific for physical comedy bits cuz people can get stuck in them or you know like spin around in them or whatever it's fun um
1: yes. also there's the political um mm. idiom Yeah, is that what you would call it? Right, you know the revolving door door of politics, right? So legislator becomes a uh, fuck, a lobbyist, and then like the lobbyist becomes a legislator Mm -hmm. and whatever, right?
0: Also, a position at like a company would be like, oh yeah, it's a revolving door, you know, because of the high turnover at a place. Um, But actually, just. Real quick, that's according what, to my notes, that's wrong. We're not talking about any of those kinds of well, revolving doors.
1: I think the last one was the closest. We're talking about a revolving door in terms of the idiom where people go in and out of it mm-hmm. a lot.
0: Yes. Uh, it's always moving. We're talking about a mechanic, and we're calling it a revolving door sort of mechanic. Well, it's, yeah. I
1: and mean, It's not really a mechanic. It's just kind of a... I guess
0: it's an idea there are some mechanics to like implement this idea, and yes. we'll get to that as we go. Um, but yeah, so the idea of a revolving door, some sort of system uh, in pen and paper role-playing games, um, which helps you manage narrative and the mechanics of your campaign when players uh, miss sessions. So we're going to talk about purpose, we're going to talk about some examples, and then we're going to talk about like, what mechanics to actually use to implement this once we explain what we're talking about. And I guess...
1: Well, let's let's explain it. Let's do that. Somebody's on the Discord. Uh, Not the 2HGM Discord, unfortunately. That was a different private Discord. But, uh, you know... Those lucky listeners who just happened to hit us while we're recording, we would totally engage in that. Anyways, Mm -hmm. so, uh, revolving door, explanation and purpose, right? So, you guys got a big party and scheduling, we talk about it all the time. Yep. Right? That sucks, right? So It's the
0: bane of the adult, the grown-up pen and paper enjoyer fucking group scheduling.
1: So, rather than... Missing an opportunity when several people can get together, maybe not everybody, but most, Mm -hmm. uh, it can have some ramifications in your game, right? Uh, Characters aren't there for important plot points, uh, which means they got to be caught up by their fellow characters Mm -hmm. who never take good notes. Um, Or like you have something really special, like a story hook for that one character who isn't there because the player can't show up, right? Right. Which could like, you know, completely throw you off your, your game master plan.
0: Yeah. Um, the absence of a character, it can be really jarring for your other players and for, you know, whatever you had planned in that session. Uh, especially in a situation where you stopped the session in the middle of something last time.
1: Which and... you know, we we've talked about before. It's never it's to be avoided, uh, not only because of the jarring nature of, uh, like, a missing a player, but, you know, you got to, like, take a picture of, like, the minis if you're using minis and, like, mm-hmm. oh, was I behind this rock or not behind this rock? Was there even a rock here? Uh, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Mid-turn even, like, that's, it's the worst. You just, if you can avoid it, you don't want to do it that way.
1: So. Right. Because, and then, so especially what we're talking about tonight is a player that was there in the combat to begin with no longer becomes, or no longer is there next time. And then it's like, oh, did they just like run away? And like, you know, there's the obvious answer of just kind of like go along with it, act like they yeah, were there the whole it. time. It is
0: just a silly for fun game. Um, you know, uh, you don't owe. Nobody participating in a game like this owes, you know, anybody perfect simulation or perfect explanation of everything. It's it's silly fantasy sci-fi fun, usually. But, you know, you still want it to feel good and you want it to go smoothly. So, yeah. We, at some point, got to talking and we had some, we've had some, you know, trial implementation of, of things that we started to call, uh, you know, Revolving Doors. Some sort of mechanic or, you know, plans, combination of, you know, logistics and mechanics in your game to facilitate the absences of a character when a player can't make it in an ongoing, you know, session, campaign, whatever.
1: Right, because it's it's definitely better to have players who can make it play. Is it doing that thing again? No, we're good. Oh. I'm just. Scooting. Um. So, because then if you're like, oh well, we have to wait till everybody's available, then it can be it can be months, uh, and then like the campaign peters out, and we've seen that happen before, and it sucks.
0: Right. Uh. So you don't want that to happen. Um. We, well, should we should we talk about examples?
1: Well, first, I think basically. So or? the the point is, right? When you're game mastering, is to facilitate a way that players can miss a session, and it be okay. Yeah. Miss multiple sessions and it will be okay. Right. Um, How much you want to put into like mechanics that facilitate that idea? is up to you. We've tried a couple. We're talking about them later. Yeah. But just like the point is you start and stop a session in a decent enough place where it like doesn't wreck everything if everybody's not there next time.
0: Right. And you have some sort of like uh, mechanically enforced narrative device that explains when a character isn't present. So it's a combination of those two things. Um let's talk about some examples, I guess in uh other media fiction whatever
1: sure, I mean like obviously video games do this a lot better mm-hmm. um because uh well, for the most part, all the ones we have down here are single player games mm-hmm. um so you can just pick things up um but we're not obviously talking about like oh this game did it really well because it's a single player game and you can save it anytime uh like you know we're right. talking imagine this was your rpg world yeah. this is what you this is something you could do right, right. like the the darkest dungeon darkest, the darkest dungeon? dungeon there's a there's a hamlet mm-hmm. the home base where there's a
0: town outside of the dungeon you're
1: no like well, no, like, mechanical gameplay happens there. You, like, you know, upgrade stats. You get new characters. You uh, heal your your characters who just came back from mission.
0: Yeah. There's a, you know, a home base place. Another example of that um, that's, you know, really fun and resonates with a lot of gaming fans is uh, the ship in Mass Effect, the Normandy. Um, aboard the Normandy is, you know, your whole crew, right? Um some of them go on missions with you. And when you go on a mission, you pick which two are going to come with you. And, you know, sometimes you pick the same two every time. Or sometimes you change it up for missions. Sometimes you have to take one of them for a, you know, a character loyalty mission. And then there's the other people in your, um, you know, there's the other people in your crew who don't go on missions. But they're there for you to interact with. And, you know, they, they work on the ship they upgrade stuff. Whatever. Right.
1: Get some personable or personable actions, interactions, something like that. Yeah. Um. Where it's not, you know, fighting a gun. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Or fighting with a gun. Right. You're not actually fighting a gun that, like, you know, floats up in the air and shoots you, and it's a ghost. No, no, no. <laughs> You're fighting with a gun versus just like a conversation. Right. Right. So, like, how that would translate is. You know, having a home base where you're like, Okay, we're doing a mission. Who is like around sitting at the bar waiting to go on a mission? Well, you know, whoever whoever's characters showed up, right? Yeah. Or you know, who can we players showed up. Who who's
0: available to go on this one? We'll take them. Uh and you know, imagine if that was your pen and paper experience. The idea is that, you know, not everyone goes on every mission. Sometimes some people stay back on the ship or whatever. Um, now, examples of doing this specifically in a tabletop role playing game. Um, well, there's there's the West Marches idea, which is a a, a school of thought. Basically, there's as as far as I know, there's no like super official uh, literature for this for how to do it um but basically the idea is that you set up the campaign as the game master right you pitch it to your players your players have their characters uh they might even have a couple of characters that's possible that's allowed um but then you don't run you just like you prep some stuff in an open world and then you don't run sessions until your players come to you and say hey we want to go here we want to go to these mountains and figure out what's in this castle. And then, you know, you run it. And so the 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 problem of the revolving door is solved by only running for...
1: The players you, who are available the, that time. Yeah,
0: the players who are available who come to you with, like, a goal. We want to go to this place. We want to go and try and find this. We want to fight this guy. Um, we included this first on this list because you know we read about it we've heard
1: about it i believe we talked about it at least mentioned it we've before. mentioned it
0: a couple of times i don't know but, if we uh, got
1: deep into like the history and everything yeah which is it's fairly interesting history yeah it's uh, an interesting
0: idea how it came up and i guess like if this works cool but this is never fucking work in our in our thing um, and that's kind of been our experience. I don't know, I don't know if there are other tables where this works better, but like, our table only works when one of us as the game master is like bringing the game to the players. Um, and that's fine. You know, it's you're the game master. It's not the player's responsibility to initiate game. Um, it'd be nice. You know, if they did sometimes and they were like, hey, specifically, I want to do this. My character, I'm interested in my character going to specifically here and figuring out what's going on, whatever. I would love that. Uh, And if I had that, you know, like a week in advance, I would try and prep some really cool stuff. And it would almost be better to have a prompt coming from outside for each session, something that you knew your players were specifically asking for. Um, But. We have had no success
1: with this idea. I mean, it's just, it changes the logistical problem. It doesn't take it away. Right. Um, The logistical problem becomes now the players want to do this thing. You as a game master have to work on their schedule. So, like, you know, if they're like, hey, three of us are available at this date. We want to go explore the spooky castle. Then you as a game master have to be like, okay, I have to have the spooky castle done by this date. You know, maybe you get busy, right. whatever, right?
0: Um, I had a thought just now. Okay. Um, maybe it worked really well in, like, the 80s and 90s. But I think if you're a player these days and you have kind of that idea, there is so much uh, digital media. There's so much video gaming. Basically, since World of Warcraft, there has been a video game version of this where you don't need to, you know, coordinate with a game master and you don't even need to necessarily know the people that you're playing with. You can coordinate completely online to Mm -hmm. go, you know, do a wow raid or, you know, play lethal company or whatever. You can just throw that out to the group chat or to, you know, your online guild or whatever. And you can do that without the pen and paper business and without a, game master needing to be involved. So maybe the concept of a west structure campaign worked really well in the olden days. It just I don't it hasn't worked for us. I don't see it working. Yeah, and I well bet
1: the I days. bet it works just as well with the right people today. Just mm-hmm. we don't have those right people. We uh our experience is we have to really um command a presence. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta really wrangle them. Uh. Anyways. But other other games. Okay, um yeah. Besides D and D, do this yeah. as well, and like this is some like really hard mechanics because each of them work a little differently. But D and D strongholds, uh, forbidden lands, strongholds. Yeah. Having some sort
0: of stronghold, some
1: sort of base, or
0: you know even just town, whatever. But like a place where narratively it makes sense that the players hang out here unless they're going unless they're actively on adventure um that can be your revolving door because it explains where people are if they're not on a mission and it uh it creates this framework for them to be doing other stuff at the same time, you know, at the same time that the party is
1: Right. Well, the active players
0: are on a mission. It
1: keeps them in game, like their characters in game, and they're like, "Yeah, I was fixing up the the bathhouse. You guys went on a spooky dungeon. Check out this, you know, this bathhouse now. Like, I I fixed the running water. Check that out.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is cool. Um, And that's something that we've had some success with." Um, variously. So both of us are running right now campaigns in our afterlife setting, and both of us have implemented some sort of, like, home base mechanic, essentially. Or, like, a home base in the story where the players, you know, that's where they sleep, that's where they hang out, and there's... uh, In yours more than mine, there's some... uh, There's some story reasons to fix it up and to you know, be doing stuff there. So it makes a lot of sense when a player can't make a session that their character was back at the base doing something,
1: mm-hmm. you know. And it doesn't have to be um, like a physical location that stays in the same place. Like the, I mean, the home base can always just be an in, like, We never did, I've never done a really good job um, of, like, you know, keeping track of money and then, like, oh, you stay at the inn, so you have to pay money to do that. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff just is never really...
0: I hate doing that as a game master.
1: Well, the players just don't really give a shit, apparently. But sometimes they
0: ask you, you know, sometimes they ask you for money or, like... They always ask you for money. They always
1: want a big fucking purse, but they never fucking spend it on anything. Like,
0: they want a... They want a a financial or, like, physical reward for everything they do, but then all of that stuff just kind of, like, goes in a... Piles
1: up, and it's like, how are you carrying around that much money? Like, that's insane. It's like the
0: entryway to the treehouse in Adventure Time, where it's just, like, stacked full of gold and weapons and shit, and they don't do anything with it. They just... Everything they find, everything they, you know, loot, whatever, they loot because it's, like part of the adventuring lifestyle to loot. And then it just yeah. sits there. And it's not hardly worth keeping track of as a game master.
1: Right, but that's that's a whole different episode. Um, the episode about the revolving door. So, like, if you guys are, like, an actual traveling band, like, going through the country, you know, you can always just, like, meet up at the end. You don't have to travel together all the time right like oh we're going to you know this northern area right not everybody has to make that you know cross-country trek you know that session of like the travel session not everybody has to be there to get to that like northern area right people can just show up on their own and be like yeah well i took a different route i had to stop off and and see my slice or whatever (laughs)
0: stop and see my slice I mean that's good like what uh, like what Josh did
1: well yeah um so I guess like the the example of my thing that I did um the campaign is about a guerrilla warfare effort I guess you would would be the best way to describe yeah. it. Um, we're like regional resistance fighters
0: trying to stop a bad guy from some bad guys from taking over. But we're the underdogs. We're, you know. Yeah, you're I the mean, main characters. I guess yeah, we're the main characters, but um, you know, our our resistance movement is it's kind of
1: grassroots, you know. Sure. I'd sign off on that. Um. So it makes sense for them to have a base. They can't just be camping out under the stars every night. Like how are they going to resist if there's no supplies, if there's no uh um promise of safety? Mm-hmm. If they're like, "Yeah, join our rebellion." We get to sleep in a cave every night, a different one. Yeah. Sometimes there's a monster in it. Right.
0: And you have to travel between them every day so that you don't
1: get caught. Yeah. So that seemed to work really well. Um, You know, it's not exactly how I imagined, and obviously I've made changes on the fly, and um, so the actual like mechanics I mess around with with the revolving door I've kind of just thrown out like the oh you missed last session so like here's a little like you know roll table that we can roll to figure out that kind of stuff just never worked I was just like yeah screw it um you know you were doing whatever you wanted to be doing and let's you know you're here for this one um but I have tried really hard to make it so that Every mission is like every mashin Every mashin is like a a four way. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Maybe start over. Uh, every four way is like a mash. Fuck. <laughs> uh, the party starts at the the villa. They go out. They do a sortie, and then like the mission ends with them either ready to go back to the villa or back at the villa. Mm-hmm. And ready to go back is fine. We've talked about, you know,
0: skipping the boring parts, and especially sometimes travel is the boring part. As Like, you can end the session at the end of the dungeon and just be like, yeah, what happens next is you go back to town. Quick one-second narrative narration of that act.
1: One issue I have come across is they the players keep threatening to do like a oh well, we're just going to do like villa maintenance this time and they never they never really do but they do like waste half the session time cuz they're like oh well, we're just going to do a maintenance thing oh wait a second we want to go out and it's like well there's not enough time to go out guys yeah to do both things how are we going how are you going you know do a good mission if we only have an hour and a half real time to play this mm-hmm um, so that's that's definitely something that um, I did not plan. Like that's a result, unintended consequence mm-hmm. of the way I set things up. Well,
0: I think when when we first started, the idea of like having several different forms of in-game currency or resources, whatever that we were that we were sort of managing as as they pertained to our base. Um that was cool and we did a couple rolls you know if you weren't there give me you asked for a couple rolls of like well you'd ask us first like what your character was doing in the session that they missed what were they off doing instead okay give me a couple rolls for you know success did you like bring some weapons back to the base did you forage some food supplies whatever um yeah you talked about how you've kind of gone away from Bothering to manage that because you restructured how you manage the resources. I think it helped at first, but now there's a lot of stuff at the base for us to manage. And, you know, if you play, if you ever played a video game like Darkest Dungeon or Mass Effect where you can upgrade and manage your town or your ship to a degree, you know, anyone who's played a game like that tell you that can eat up a lot of time. If you have no pressure to go do anything else you can spend a long time fiddling with that and you know spending your resources and configuring it the way you want it to
1: so that is uh, a potential
0: pitfall Um, you know you'll notice that a lot of these ideas, examples of implementing some sort of revolving door they involve some sort of base or hideout somewhere that like the party can return back to and people can hang out but I
1: guess we're just kind of in the implementation Yeah, phase, a little right? bit. Right. So that's that's the idea. It's like a place that is the start and stop of each session. Um, it's a place that sh- your players call their home. So there's like, you know, stuff to do around the house when you're not off on mission, right? So like that character just doesn't disappear from the world. They're doing something. Right. Right. Um So, like, the the sticking point is, like, making that work, um, you know, like we were just talking about, like, one of the pitfalls is making it too complicated and, like, jury's kind of out, I think, on that one is, like, is that actually uh, something people want because, like, fucking Starfield, man, that shit (laughs) had way too many fucking things to yeah. fucking manage. With so like many the spaceships stupid and resources fucking... and upgrade Holy trees shit. and
0: then, you know, shit to build and all and of it. Is it was, sp- I
1: just didn't engage with any of it because it was bad. Yeah. I uh, didn't like it. Just like, and like the Witcher 3, it's like, oh, you can make this potion. It's yeah. like, nah, I, I'm just going to hit him with my sword. I
0: really like the Witcher 3, but uh, I play it on easy because I like to enjoy the narrative and I want to ignore... of the fucking items and like (laughs) crafting mechanics and shit in that game because there's too much shit. There's too
1: much shit on There's just
0: too much shit. That game needed 90% less things in the world and in inventory for you to pick up. Oy.
1: Alright, so that's something to watch out for, right? But, uh, so like where it starts... Is like the home base, right? So there's got to be a little bit of time of like, oh, you know, you're back at home base. You know, what did what did you do since like the last time you went out, right? You know, it's a it's a way to like ease back into it. If you missed a session, um, it's a way for players to remind other people like, oh, well, last time, you know, we found this like spooky cave that we didn't quite finish exploring, but we know about it now. Yeah. Um, And kind of like a good way for in-character interactions to happen. Um, You just got to be careful about letting it go on too long. Yeah.
0: And and having too much. But I'm afraid that I've kind of done the opposite and made, you know, nothing. Nothing at the home base. I've only run a couple of sessions of this new one. But I'm a little worried that you know the the way I want to structure it is the same way Dane has been talking about, where like each session ends with you you know either back at the base or ready to go back to the base. I already biffed that, but I think it's okay because I ended at a camp with a clear goal well, of the next thing. You know. um, but I'm worried that well, what I've Dane done ready. as far as like the you know the player's home base isn't doesn't have enough. Mechanical depth to it. I'm gonna try and get past that by you know continuing to encourage you to explore and be out in the world instead of at the base. But you know, sometimes some base management stuff is fun. And also, if there's nothing there, how do I explain you know what the characters who missed a session have been doing? I gotta, I gotta flush that out a little bit more. I yeah,
1: think. I mean, I think one of the one of the things that you can do to improve that would be um, really thinking about like what's because right now at least uh, in Cosmos session we don't have any sort of transportation Mm. Um, I solved that problem very quickly Um, but like that was a huge that's a huge like hurdle when you have a a, you know a, a geographic point that you have to go back to and have to start from. Yeah. How do you get out to go do things?
0: Mm -hmm. Especially if you put it on a map and you give them some sort of scale and say like, it's going to take such and such amount of time Mm -hmm. to go anywhere, to get to, you know, are you going to just like hand wave that narrative every time? Because if you are, there's not much point having a map in the first place. But, you know, if they are going to have to travel every time, you got to give them some way to do that. I think you're right. Right. Getting you guys some but, sort you know, of transpose good idea. You know, or at once, least putting the opportunity. As it,
1: as it develops, we'll get better and like, you know, right now we have no idea what's hiding out the front door. Right. This is like our first trip. The last session mm-hmm. that we did was the first trip outside. So we don't like, you know, we got a little ways, had an encounter which took up most of the time. And then we wanted to keep going because, you know, we didn't get very far, mm-hmm. right? Which is okay, I think. Yeah. Um. Other ways around that. So, like, transports, one. Uh, you could also have some sort of, like, actual, like, mechanic to, like, I, I don't know. Um. A couple easy ones are, like, you know, oh... It's a very stormy region, you know, a fantasy or sci-fi storm where it's, like, you don't want to be caught out at it, period. So, like, you have to get back to your home base before the storm comes. And it comes when just the session is over. Yeah. So, like, whether, you know, you got to your objective that you were trying to get to that day or not, you have to turn back and try again. You know, that's one or, like, you know... Uh, Haunted forest style, like you know, the monsters come out at night. Yeah, Minecraft. W- right now, we are not prepared to deal with that, so mm-hmm. we have to go back to our camp. Or, you got to you know, make sure base. you're, yeah. You got to make sure you're behind the walls at night. That's actually cool,
0: I think, because um, then you know, kind of the first. It's sort of like in a survival game, mm-hmm. a Minecraft or like a V Rising, whatever. You're one of the first, like tangible goals for the players is like we need some way to. Safely travel at night; otherwise, we're going to be limited by how far we can go in half a day mm-hmm. because we need to get back by the end of the day.
1: Right, and obviously that's not a you know a, a solution that fits every hole or no. however you say that. It's a cool idea though. Um, but it can fit, it can fit more places than you think. I I would say. Yeah, um, it can fit some holes. Yes, <laughs> some holes. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then like you know, so the ending pit, right? The ending bit. Um, We talk a lot about, like, one-shots, and maybe that is a better way to uh, frame this kind of, like, theory. Instead of a large campaign, it's a series of one-shots strung together.
0: Yeah, I actually really like that. And we have a little note about that. Well... So, doing task, planning, execution all in one session, and then the session ends with, like, we're ready to go back to the bunker. Um, that is generally how a one-shot be, right? Um, oftentimes a one-shot is, you know, all new characters as well, so, you know, some of the heavy lifting is already done if you're running a continuous campaign because everyone already knows who they are. Mm-hmm. Um and you know the setting, you know the rules of it. But yeah, this is the hard part really is structuring your sessions in a way that support this sort of idea and practicing your one shots. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> like if you're your like one-shots. if you're
0: learning, you know, guitar or whatever, practice your scales, practice your one shots, the structure of a one shot could be applied to the structure of every session, and when you do that, and every session ends with an ending, then you really avoid this. You know, you you you, uh, you more easily access the idea of the revolving door because you avoid the the trap of having to end a session in the middle of something and then risk not everyone players being available to play their characters the next time the group gathers
1: yeah and like I would say that it might sound like it's very limiting like how do you make a big climax you know when you're only able to do you know this like piecemeal you know session stuff uh, or you know one shot stuff um, so I'd say that the it's the natural build up to things like stuff gets more dangerous or, you know, the the players get more uh, abilities and whatever. So, like, they're able to stay out longer, you know, in game. In real life, what that could mean is just, like, skip the boring stuff. There's something two days away from your home base. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I got to maintain it consistent because, like, when we first started this, I was making them, you know, roll for ambushes yeah. every three hours. Fuck that. Yeah. It's the climax, baby. You're done with that. Like, they've gotten past that. They worked, they made some progress, they made, you know, the area right. next to their home base safer, so now they can just, you know, jump on a horse and zip out two days without being, you know, molested by anything. Yeah.
0: Consider, like, the um, the runback in a Souls-like game, you know? You, uh, mm-hmm. you slowly and carefully move through the dungeon until you find the boss door. You, you know, you're challenged on your way there. You die a couple times, maybe, whatever. Then you find the boss door... You get in there and you're like, okay, now I can fight the boss. Get your ass kicked by the boss. And then, you know, <laughs> then you are back it. Because it's the first time you fought the boss, right? Yeah. Unless you're crazy overleveled, mm. you're going to have to figure out how to fight the boss. Right. So it's not an unreasonable sort of thing, this idea of a run back. If, like, the players have gone through this hostile territory multiple times where they just start to learn, you know? Yeah. You think it takes Aragorn, you know, a month every time he goes from Bree to Rivendell? No, he... Probably knows how to do it pretty quickly now, but, you know, when he was young, he probably had to take his time.
1: Yeah. So, you can have those big, epic things happen. Just, you know, skip the boring bits. Yeah. Skip travel. Work up to it, though. Mm -hmm. Work
0: up to it. Right. They do some travel, and then you can just, you can narrate it. You can skip the role for the random encounters, whatever. You can straight up narrate that, like, hey, you know, you had some problems with bandits on the road, but you have, you know, you, you've you got these bandits number by now. You're able to drive off the ambush easily because you recognized all the signs of it on your way there. And, and then the players are, like, narratively feeling good about mm-hmm. uh, their progression and they're just, you know, now yeah, we're hot shit. And then you put them in the boss situation. And, yeah, you skip that that intervening yeah. time. The
1: run back. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. The run back. All right. So that should get you uh, kind of like the framework, right? You know, starting and stopping and the in-between. So we just spent a little time talking about um, how to bring characters back in, like what characters do while absent. You've set up this whole thing where characters just don't disappear, right? They're not gone when their player is. So what did they get up to? Yeah, um, well, when Dane was
0: first implementing these mechanics in his afterlife campaign, uh, he had a couple of like options for things that we could do for you know supply runs and uh, you know trying to go talk to someone, whatever. Video games do this where like you know in a um, in a in a real time strategy game you like you know set one of your buildings to right. research a new technology type of thing, you
1: know? A little um, automatic tasks. And yeah. in, in this case, like they could be done in a couple roles. Mm-hmm. And
0: probably attaching roles to them is a good idea to, to a certain degree, you know, they succeed at doing it. They say like, Oh, I go forage. Okay. Yeah. You foraged, but like, how much did you bring back? Give them something to roll about players like rolling mm-hmm. dice. It's fun. Yeah. and you know the the potential for failure it's fine you know hey you failed to forage for anything you tried cool but you rolled bad um that's still that still uh i feel fulfills the requirements of explaining where that character was yeah and you know
1: i i definitely think um that's a good idea i think my problem why i moved away from it is i was starting to feel like People were using that, or they just, they weren't keeping it simple. They were like, well, I want to do this specific thing. I'm like, okay, so that is, um, ooh, how do I fit that into like two rolls? Right. Ooh, I don't know how to do that. I get it.
0: Yeah. That's, it's very different to say like, oh, I forage for food to just like increase the ration number Mm -hmm. because our base has a ration stat, you know? Um, okay, give me uh, like three rolls, let's see how good you did for foraging and hunting. That's easy, and then you can just like increase the number by a little or a lot. Hey, you forged good, you forged medium, you didn't find anything. But if someone's like, I want to find a guy who can do this thing, and you're like, a guy, like, I don't have that character yet, right? That's that's complicated that's difficult
1: and then yeah how do you you know introduce yeah. I think, new
0: made-up characters i think my thing shit. just
1: needed a little more cooking um like it just it needed a little more testing because like what i had done is i had had you know this setup so it'd be three roll thing right so like they'd say well, I gave them a list of objectives and then they started, you know, adding their own. And I was like, okay, that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like, you know, you could forage, you could, you know, scavenge guns, uh, you could scout, whatever, right? That's the thing you do. How good, like, is your potential to do that? That's a role. And then like, here's like the hiccup. Like you run into, you know, a predator bringing, you're bringing back meat. Like you went and hunted, you got a couple rabbits, Coming back, you run into a, you know, a rabid wolf Mm -hmm. who wants your rabbits. How do you, you know, what skill are you using to avoid this, you know, to resolve the situation? Give me a roll for that. Okay. Well, you know, that didn't work. The wolf got the rabbits. Or, oh, you got the wolf too, so now you have more food. Um, So that was my initial idea, and I just don't think it cooked enough. Um, And then, of course, you know, I made it too interesting the world too interesting and people were like well I want to know more about this and I want to do this and this really specific thing that I didn't have you know I couldn't fit that into my framework of three roles
0: yeah and to a degree I I would say that is a good sign that you have characters who are or you have players who are number one invested a little bit in their own characters and number two engaging with the fiction that you set before them i hear that you know, as a as a pretty common gripe, there's lots of like D and D YouTubers who talk about, you know, how do I get my players to engage with the world that I created? And we're doing a pretty good job if we've got that yeah. problem,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? That's a good problem to have because uh, it means they're thinking about it. They're thinking about it as if it's a real place and as if their character is someone real who lives there.
1: Um, but yeah, it is a yeah. it
0: is an issue to accurately simulate
1: yeah so i basically just changed that to all the resources that like the stronghold has are now just like rolled at the beginning i got like a you know a d dx minus a dx you know how much was brought back how much was used you know since the last time we played um, and that gets over a lot quicker because then, you know, people don't have to, you know, think and come up with stuff. And then we have, you know, spend 10 minutes talking about that. And then, like, you know, whatever. So that's a clean way to do It's yeah. just boil everything down to a couple roles at the beginning. Yeah. And then you can get into role playing I think there might be something
0: um, for us to write there. Like a sort of universal stronghold management mechanic. Because I think you did something clever by... Uh, you know, having a list of resources and then an income dice and a, you know, cost dice and upkeep dice. How much do you use every time? How much are you bringing in and then just contest those two numbers? Are you positive or are you negative? Um, but I will say there are a lot of other, um, you know, products out there. There's robust Uh, D&D, like, stronghold mechanics and rules. Um, Matt Colville and the MCDM team, they got strongholds and followers, and apparently that's really cool. Big, expansive, you know, uh, basically a big DLC pack for your D&D game to allow you to run all kinds of different home bases and the followers and managing the resources and upkeep and shit. But I would say, I would advise, I guess... Start small and make your own thing up.
1: Yeah, custom custom
0: fit it. You don't know what your players are going to do. You don't know what they're going to want. You don't know what they're going to ask for. You don't know which of these things is going to be most interesting. And you probably don't want to bother to go, you know, learn the entirety of someone else's really well-developed supplemental system and then find that, only a third of it works for your game or your party. I would would advise when you're thinking of this like revolving door mechanic and it probably involves some sort of home base deal, start simple and make it up yourself because it's going to be hard to fit a full rule set to the specifics of your campaign. But that's just... You know, that's my two cents on the matter. Um, I've never ever read the entirety of a role-playing game book and then used every rule correctly as it was written.
1: Yeah. Not even a one-pager. Nope. Anyways... Uh, I think uh, time for a little little recap. Yeah, okay. I think that's it. Uh, so revolving doors. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, it is getting getting a interchanging group of of players. So like you know, mm-hmm. if a player misses a session, no big deal. Yep. Uh, they can come back in next time with no uh, ill effect. Well, not yeah. m- as many ill effects. Not mm-hmm. as jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of helps facilitate. Yeah. Uh, just more gameplay,
0: mechanical and narrative support for what happens when a player can't be there, so their character isn't party to a session.
1: All right, uh some video games do this quite well. Uh, easier doing a video game. It's there in the in the tabletop space. Um, like the West Marches uh, whole theory. It's an interesting read if you're looking to read. Never's worked for us though, so yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, other games have, you know, uh, strongholds is is a good term for it. Strongholds is, I think, the term most
0: commonly yeah. used for it. It was called strongholds back in AD&D, and yeah. I think that's yeah. So you know, giving your players a some sort of mechanic base. for like a home base, and then the downtime when they're not on
1: adventures.
0: Essentially, that's what this whole episode is about.
1: So it's like the home base is where every session starts. And you get the group of players who, you know, the group of characters whose players are there. And they go out from the home base. They do a thing. They come back. The characters who didn't show up, they didn't vanish from the world. They're still there. They're doing their thing at the home base or maybe, you know, in the closely surrounding area. Point is, they're, you know, going on, you know, side missions, gathering resources. um, And then try to get it always to end so you can start at the home base again. Right. Kind of start from the home base. You ended the home base. That way, the next time you maybe have, you know, three players out. That's okay, No problem. Mm -hmm. We're going to do, you know, a little, you know, two person session or like, you know, haven't done it yet, but I'm sure it would work for just one person shows up and you can just do a solo.
0: Yeah. hasn't had to happen. That's interesting. We've always had at least three Game Master and two players. Right. You know, Roger up for, uh, for a scheduled session.
1: But, yeah, I don't know. It's come close a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, yeah. So, that's, that's going to so, do, it. do it.
0: Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of Two-Headed Game Master. If you like what you heard, head on over to 2HGM.com, where the first thing you'll see is a splash page ad for Afterlife, our original Psy fantasy post-apocalypse uh, role-playing game. Setting and system, all original, fun, uh, and uh, some other shit.
1: Yeah, like uh, we have a Patreon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be a patron today. We got a Discord. That's how you gain access to it. Um, Or we could do a collaboration episode and you can also get access to our Mm -hmm. Discord. You don't have to give us any money if you contact us and are like, Hey,
0: i also podcast or whatever and we want to talk about something else. Have
1: us on your show. Have you on our show. Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter to us. Nope, we don't care. We just like talking about... Nerd shit. So. I can't believe that's the first time we ever did that. Or ever, you know, asked for collaborations. Yeah. Well, in that way. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Crazy. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, so that's our website. You know, 2HGM.com. Go check it out. Yep. Uh, become a Patreon subscriber. Discord. Uh, and join us next time. We'll be back. Uh, in two
0: weeks, with another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Thank you to the Burning Saviors, as always, for the use of the song Pond Finest, as the intro and outro to our show. And we'll see y'all next time.
1: See you next time! See you at the fight!